Monday Night Football Fantasy League. I'm playing my buddy. I'm down one point. I got Rodgers and Aaron Jones. So I don't want to jinx myself, but I think between Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, no, I with, get with one your point. luck, Rodgers is throwing four INTs and, and Aaron <laughs> Jones fumbles twice. You're done. Oh, I'd be so pissed because this is the buddy that you don't want to lose to. He'll let you know about. Rodgers needs a bounce back game. He does, we'll find he out. Does. All right, folks. Well, welcome back or welcome to Big Ben and K-Win. I'm K-Win. Up in the upper right-hand corner is my co-host. Today, he's my bullpen catcher, Big Ben. We have a great guest on. You'll see him up in the left-hand corner, a San Francisco Giants legend, Javier Lopez. He's got four World Series trophies. Three of them with the San Francisco Giants. Let me get into some stats here with the Giants because we're a West Coast pod. <laughs> so we are all about the Giants in the West Coast. Seven years with the Giants, 17 and eight with a 2.47 ERA, 10 saves. We're going to talk about his time with the Giants, his memorable moments coming up. And we might talk a little October baseball as well. Before we get into that, Big Ben's going to let everyone know about our primary sponsor. Well, Graham, it's a protein. All from seeds. We're talking 88 Acres, our primary sponsor here on WSD Podcast. Not only do they have bars, but they have butters, dressings, whatever you need. Non-GMO, no allergies, free and clean, good food powered by seeds. 88 Acres. Go to 88acres.com, enter the code WSD15. That's 15% off all purchases. And these things last forever. So in the event of an earthquake, fire, or uh, whatever may come, you'll be fueled and happy and Healthy with 88 acres. Acres. Well, Javi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. This is exciting. So we're going back and forth trying to schedule this. You say you got some golf trips coming up. Are any of those to Bandon Dunes in Oregon? We knocked that one out, actually. That was on the bucket list. I was able to do that uh, a couple months ago and hit it. When everyone was going through the heat wave and it was like 105 degrees in Portland, it was 65 and sunny and Bandon. Like, we nailed it. No complaints. Can I ask? Okay, when can I ask? No, no, I, I teed this up because I'm not a golfer, but Big Ben is, and he went to Bandon earlier this year. <laughs> I, I need the I need the stack rank. Deep Ranch, Old Mac, Trails, Dunes, and uh, Pacific. Pacific. Okay. Well, well, apparently Pacific's supposed to be the most beautiful. Fog rolled in. You couldn't see more than five feet in front of you. So, of course. I'm going to say that that was the worst experience we had. Um, but it was an awesome course once you kind of got out there. It was fun. The caddies were like, just hit it over this divot. And and he was like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, what? Who, who does that? <laughs> Nobody does that. But I don't know if I have a good ranking. I thought Old McDonald was pretty sweet. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, like I said, the weather was nice, so it worked out really well. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy we played them all. I don't know if I have a favorite. I guess I shot my best at uh, – at uh, at Bandon itself, so um, okay, that would probably be the best. I'd pick that one because I actually uh, shot the best round of my life for some reason. I don't know what happened, uh, but I went anywhere from seventy-seven to ninety. I think was my range Ooh. while I was out there. So huh. it yeah, depends. Second I mean, most. Couple couple. Yeah, yeah, it's completely in, understandable. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and you're walking the entire time. Yeah, you no doubt. Aren't lugging your clubs. Up rocks like me are lugging their clubs their entire <laughs> way. Second, second question, probably the most important. Favorite food item you ate 
actually give me two because because there's a diverse menu at each different area. So I need your top two food items out of Bandit. Okay, I had a salad ca- uh, crab sandwich, and I want to say that was at Old McDonald. We were sitting outside, yep, chilling, okay. and I want to say I had another. It was another taco, but I'm trying to remember what was in it. I, want, I feel like I had a carnitas. It was really random to have out there. It was pretty solid, and that was at uh, the Band and Dunes itself inside waiting for our, our tea time to go. But a lot of times we ended up just eating those power bars if I had some. That's probably what it would have been crushing. <laughs> a couple 88s, I'm all in there. Let's go. Jeez. Ain't got time it. to eat when you're golfing. Come on. Uh, the preserve – the putting, the the punch bowl, you could, we had an honest conversation, a buddy of mine, uh, while golfing said, do you realize how much we could make caddying for like six months? Let's go live there and just caddy. Like, let's, let's do it. It's and then not we did the math, we're like, actually, that's, that's not a lot of money. And I'm, I would, <laughs> the blueberry muffins aren't that good. So <laughs> the wind in the face is a little bit much, to be honest with you. Yes. Agreed. Although the pro agreed. The protein ball itself, solid. When they had mm-hmm. that little pack so you can get at the turn, that's exciting. Absolutely. It makes you pretend that you, like, you're good at something for a minute. <laughs> ben goes to Bandon. Right. The last two years he's been, and we did a Bandon recap. So if he goes next year, we might have to have you on, obviously, your part oh. of the recap. It's like eight guys. They just tell stories about Bandon. That all caddy. I'll go for that. <laughs> I'm in. I'm just in. hit it Let's over go. the divot. Just hit it over this divot. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's wait. That's dead. You're gonna have to hit another one. Yeah. <laughs> so great. I got that reaction too from my caddy. I hit it right over the divot. He's like, "Nope, that's dead. You're gonna want to go again." I'm like, "You told me right there. What are we doing?" Oh well, for the experience, right? right? That's what they tell you. Yeah, exactly. We're going back to a time before Bandon was even around, I think. So you're gonna take this back to win, K. Win. Oh, going God. back to 2003, <clears throat> April 1st. We're going back in time. So <laughs> WST, it's all about former professional athletes capturing their memorable moments and reliving it through storytelling. So I'm going opening day, Javi, April 1st, right. 2003. You're with the Rockies. You're playing the Astros in Houston. And to set the stage, this is the killer bees. We got Bagwell, Biggio, Berkman, yep. wait for it, Jeff Bloom. And during that game, sixth inning, Jeff Bloom went deep. Now we're coming into, I think, <laughs> if our intern is correct, it's the eighth inning. Jeff Bloom is walking up to the plate, and it's your major league debut with the Rockies. What emotions were going through your head as you're about to face your first major league hitter? I think I slept for four hours, maybe, the night before. I'm staring out. I'm in my own hotel room. I'd just been in double A the year before, so I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm just staring out the window. And if you've ever been to Houston, there's two downtowns to it. We're in the Galleria side with a nice mall. And I'm just staring out the window like, all right, this is it. This isn't El Paso, Texas. This is the show. (laughs) I'm excited. And so when uh, I go to the game, I tell you what, I'd only been with the Rockies for about 12 days or so. I'd just gotten traded over. I was in spring training with the Red Sox. And they trade me over. So I, do, I don't even know my teammates still. <laughs> I'm just trying to get these guys. And so I had Todd Jones. I don't know if you guys remember him. Right-handed reliever. Great, great closer, mustache. Awesome stash. So the dude pulls me aside. And I'm 
I think I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, I got this. No problem. No big deal. And he goes, dude, take a deep breath. And when you walk out onto the mound, whenever it is, he didn't know I was pitching that day. And he's just like, whenever you go, step off the mound and take it in. Look all the way around the stadium. Drink it in because this is the big leagues, kid. You got that extra deck. This is what you worked your whole life for. Drink it in. And I made sure I did that. Uh, I don't know if I really took the long time to take the panoramic. I could probably get a quick <laughs> peek. But, yeah, Jeff Blum walks up. And I I think I I throw my first pitch as a strike. I know that in the big leagues. And I check that in my head. I'm like, all right, first pitch, don't bounce it, don't bounce it, don't bounce it. <laughs> Great mental talk, right? That's what you want. Right. So I tell him, don't bounce, throw a strike. And then I feel like the next pitch, he hammers it to the Crawford boxes. I hear big crack, minute made, it's super loud. I'm like, I just I mean, instantly I put my head down. I'm like, oh, here we go. This is it. First run right out of the chute. Jay Payton catches it at the track, just the normal fly ball. I'm like, all right, no problem. Next thing you know, next guy up is Jeff Bagwell. That's <laughs> like, sweet. Okay, former MVP. I'm like, this is this is gonna be great. So I don't mess with him. I walk him. So I get that out of the way. <laughs> so I've got my first ad out of the way. I got my first walk out of the way. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's only going to get easier. It's Lance Berkman. Uh, I get him to hit a rocket to my shortstop. Hits him so hard that he can't even turn two. So we only get one out. Okay. I'm like, all right. So now I finally recorded another out. I'm like, one more. I got a full inning in the big leagues. Jeff Kent steps up to the plate. Wow. And then he hits a rocket, I want to say, to third base. Ground ball, hard ground ball. Chris Steins is my third baseman. And he just has a massive chest. And he just, just wears it, like, off the chest. He knocks it right down in front of him and throws it out. And I was like, all right. Just like that, I threw in the big leagues. I don't know. I think I ran off the field like you do in college and stuff. Like, I had no idea what had it. You know, I didn't have any swag. I didn't have anything. I was just like, all right, it beats, beats uh, PB&Js in AA, which is where I would have been that year. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that was the did most you, amazing thing. Did you get the comment when you came back to the dugout like, hey, what a pitch to contact? <laughs> I did get that. I did. I did. Because they're like, uh, you know, next time, we love that you like like to give up ground balls. Maybe have them hop more than once or twice. <laughs> give us a real shot at it. Yeah, but it was good, man. I, that was a heck of a moment. I remember that. I'll remember that for the rest of my life, man. It was, it was a special day, too, not to be somber about it. But it was uh, – they celebrated the, uh, the Columbia 7. They, the uh, space okay. shuttle had crashed uh, or – broke up when it was coming back in a re-entry. So they had all of NASA there. They had Patty LaBelle. They had a bald eagle flying around before the game started. And, I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever been a part of. It's just like the pomp and the circumstance. And um, the late, great George uh, Herbert Walker Bush was there. That former president was there. And I just, again, I'm coming off the minor leagues. And here I am in the big yeah. leagues. And this is no bigger moment than that right there. That was pretty cool. Uh, pretty awesome. cool. So, Avi, you're retired now, so I feel like you can shoot us straight here with this next question. <laughs> so, Jeff Blum is digging in. Jeff Bagwell's on deck. How preoccupied yeah. do pitchers get with who is in the on-deck circle <laughs> when they're facing someone else? <laughs> At that point in time, I was about as nervous as I could be. I was definitely looking at Jeff Bagwell being on deck. Like I say, Jeff Blum, when he stepped, he's not a small dude. Like, he's probably like 6'4" somewhere in there he looked like he was seven five I just walked in there I was like this is a ridiculously large big league hitter 
And then I peek over and Bagwell's in that squat. He's got the hands and the whole, <laughs> he's got the whole skit going. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to murder me. I'm in trouble. But it was, yeah, it's like fast forward and slow motion at the same time. It's hard to describe. It's just like, one, you can't believe you're in the big leagues. You can't believe you finally reached the dream of yours. And then two, it's like, all right, well, let me go back to, it's a straight Hoosiers moment. Okay, you know, is the hoop still 10 feet? Yeah. So it's like 60 feet, six inches. I keep trying to tell myself, like, it's no further. It's just a lot better manicured. You know, everything looks real nice in the big leagues. That's all. So I try to slow my heart rate, but it was not working very well. But yeah, I looked at everyone I was going to be facing. When they called down to the bullpen and say I had the eighth inning, I looked right to see where the where we were in the Bs. And I was like, all right, well, Biggio's out at least. He's already made the last out. But I panicked. There's panic in there. But you still got through it, scoreless inning, yeah. wrapped up in Houston. Then you go back to Colorado. You're playing the Diamondbacks. One-two count against Tony Womack. And ha-ha, got him! <laughs> so here's my question. Yeah. Pitchers celebrate their first strikeout as a major league hitter celebrates their first hit. Uh, for me personally, it was a very, very subtle mental fist pump. I was kind of like, okay. now I'm there. Tony Womack, you know, I was, I, I was drafted by the Diamondbacks. So if there was a team that I was watching at all in the big leagues at, the, at that time, it was the Diamondbacks. So to be able to see Tony Womack play and uh, be part of that World Series team in 2001, and then I'm finally facing him. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I got pumped up about it. I think I got the ball somewhere. Uh, like I was telling you guys, I was going to do this in my bedroom with nothing on the wall, so I figured I'd go to this this thing here. So it's somewhere. It's somewhere <laughs> down here in this basement. I guarantee you. But yeah, I have it. I have it up there. I have it. It's Did you get Womack to sign it. I didn't get him to sign it. You know, and that's that's. I regret not doing that. I really do. I regret not doing that. I have a very small book. I don't think I have many strikeouts in the big league, so it's very, very small <laughs> chapters. You know, so it's, it's like a graphic novel, really, is what it would be. It wouldn't be right. very long at all. But with four World Series rings, it's a bestseller. Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. All right, so this next first, we're only bringing it up to show our audience how you battled through adversity, all right? <laughs> so now we're Perfect. going to St. Louis. It's the game. It's 15-12. Bases loaded. Fernando Vina is up. He gets a double off of you, and it's your first blown save. And we only bring that up is, is like, what did you learn from that moment that helped you later in your career in a tight pressure squeeze situation? Yeah, you know what? I, I remember the same thing. I had such a hard time slowing my heart rate down. I was so nervous all the time. And that's a good thing for me. I, I would feed off my energy, but sometimes... It, it was a killer. That night, it was a killer. Uh, and I had some great veteran leadership that told me, dude, the second you can finally calm down and drink in the moment and just experience it and be a part of it, you're going to be better. Now, that night, I remember ha actually having an opportunity to pitch in that ball game uh, because it was it was late for me to be able to do those things. Like it, you know, For a rookie guy to be coming in those spots of Rule 5 pick, I mean, I'm a Rule 5 draft guy. So, again, I mean, I'll hammer it again. I was in the minor leagues in double A. Now I'm getting in some high leverage spots. I didn't know what to do with that. Like in double A, it's okay, big deal. Like, all right. 
nobody's going to write about it. Nobody's going to care about it. Still and eating PB and J's at yeah. the end of the, end of the game, cares. right? Yeah, nobody cares. You might mix in a banana if you're lucky. If it's not moldy, you know, <laughs> yeah, it might be all right. Yeah, like it's just it was it was just being able to learn yet again, put it in the back of my mind that hey, dude, when you get in these spots again, calm it down. But I didn't get another. I, I didn't get my actual save for a while in the, my first year. Uh, and even that was by luck, just because we ran out of pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into, uh, rather than your first blown save, your first W, first win. <laughs> April 10th, you got your first win, two yeah. and a third, two-thirds, scoreless inning in a 7-6 victory over the Cardinals. Question, Giants reliever Scott Erie used to buy a, buy a bottle of Dom P once a pitcher achieved a great milestone. How did you celebrate that night after getting those two very important outs in that game and some timely hitting right behind you? In the first uh, W. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. Again, not really knowing my teammates very well, learning on the fly. I kind of I kind of think they thought I was already in the big leagues. Like I, I had no beer shower, no nothing. It was like a <laughs> handshake, pat on the back. Even my, my first big league appearance, that debut, opening day, it was like, Two guys, I think, came up and shook my hand. Said congratulations. <laughs> it was so awkward. It really was. But I got that that win, and then I had uh, Darren Oliver was a great uh, mentor of mine. I mean, he just rode me all the time. He was always on top of me, and I appreciated it. Uh, and so he shared a beer with me. And Steve Reed, another right-handed reliever, I think he was with the Giants for a minute. Uh, side armor, right-hander. Uh, so he, same thing. Like, hey, kid. One of many cheers to me, a couple beers, and we just kind of hung out in the clubhouse. And a different time then, there was more drinking. Now it's not a big drink hangout uh, clubhouse like it used to be. But those guys, you know, they raised me right, and it was it was a good one. I got to face a young Albert Pujols that day. I remember that clear as day. Wow. Got him to hit a ground ball. Uh, full got, he worked me to a full count, got a ground ball out of him. And it was really a weird win, too, because uh, there's a lefty, Lance – Painter, I think, or like he pitched. He was a lefty coming in. The Cardinals were up, and then he like blows his hamstring out throwing a pitch, and so they had to bring in Steve Klein. And Kleiner, if you guys have ever met Kleiner, like he ain't ever loose. Yeah, he, he's he, you need to tell him like 20, 30 minutes ahead of time to get ready, this body wise at least. And so he came in and he ended up giving it up, and that's how I got a chance to take the lead because this guy just. He threw one pitch and just blew his like hamstring out. It was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. All the start of the line. All right, first day, Bobby. <laughs> this this may this dates you a little bit. You look very young for your age. <laughs> but we're going back to August twelfth, where you had a uh, uh, it was a victory over the Montreal Expos when we still had the Expos around. Right. You're, you referred to it earlier around highly leveraged situations. You mentioned one of your mentors being Darren Oliver, but any pitcher specifically give you advice about how to maybe slow that heart heart rate down and succeed ultimately in, in stage situations or highly leveraged situations? Well, it became uh, – it really – I would lean on Oliver. I would leave on, lean on Steve Reed. Uh, and Todd Jones was great too. He actually, again, getting to know my teammates, I'm, I'm all of a sudden trying to find a place in Denver where to live, and I'm a Rule 5 pick, so I don't want to get a long-term lease. I don't know what that really means. You know, they, if you're rule five, you got to stay in the big leagues all year. So Todd Jones just like, hey, crash with me, dude. So I'm living with Todd Jones. <laughs> and, and and so I'm listening to him all the time because I have to. He's my roomie. 
And uh, yeah. he, you know, he's a closer. So he told me, oh, man, just one at a time. The basic, what you always hear from when you're like five years old. Yeah. One, one pitch at a time, one out at a time. Get ahead, stay ahead, blah, blah, blah. You know, you get all through all that. But in Montreal, like you mentioned, it's I'm watching the game. I'm sitting in the pen. And you watch how it goes. And you're like, all right, we're tied. Oh, we're up. Oh, we're tied. Oh, they're up. We t-. It's like pitcher goes. Pitcher to my right goes. Pitcher to my left goes. Pitcher to my right goes. I'm just looking at the – like, it's just me and the bullpen coach and the bullpen catcher. That's it. Like, that's it. So I know the phone rings. I got it. That I'm the guy. You're go. picking up. <laughs> that's it. Like, I'm get Lopez going. I'm like, well, I'm the only one here. Who else is going to get going? So I remember coming in. I had lefties. I was facing – I think it worked out perfect. I think I had three lefties. Three or four were left-handed. And I think I got a couple strikeouts. I probably put a guy on base. I'm always good for that. Uh, but I ended up getting out of it and it was the same kind of thing in, in Montreal, you, you can go an entire day without seeing the sun because the subway goes into the stadium and the subway goes right back to your hotel. So it was just like, we finished the game. This time people actually realized I was a rookie. So we had a little beer shower, champagne kind of deal going and then Get the loonies and toonies, pop them in, take it, uh, take the ride back to the hotel, <laughs> and do it all over again, man. And and I'm so sad Montreal's out of the league. It's just like, well, here we go. Because I can't even. I tell my kids, my kids don't really care that I play baseball, but you know they they. Uh, I'll tell them where'd you get? Hey, I got my first save in Montreal. Where's that? Like, oh. yeah. So frustrating. Hidden gem of uh, is, is it in Ottawa? What province is it in, Kwin? Quebec, is it not? Quebec, yeah, you're, you're correct. Quebec, yeah. yeah, okay. Two hundred dollars, good, good there one. Go. I'm trying to host Jeopardy um, here in the future. <laughs> pay, so thanks, pay it in loonies and toonies, and I'll take. <laughs> All right, first time, never a guest, but we're we're close to getting him on the show. So beware <laughs> that he may come on the show at a later date. So make sure this is factual in how you recall this this scenario. First time. <laughs> First time facing Barry Bonds, Rockies versus Giants. Walk <laughs> us through the sequence, the outcome, what's going through your head. Oh, yeah. You need a paper bag at some point. The, uh, the, uh, we'll hear Barry's side of the story when Barry comes on. I yep. run my mouth at Barry about this all the time. Because <laughs> Barry's not afraid, and he has quite an extensive resume. So I got to I gotta hang on to what I can. Okay. <laughs> so I remember this because it was a wives trip. And my wife and I have been together, and we had been married a year and change. And I, again, double A, I have no idea what a wives trip even is. Never even heard of it. And they're like, yeah, you know, your significant other flies on the plane with you. And then what? Like, oh, then, they, you know, you stay at the hotel, and they'll, they'll do stuff. So I was like, okay, well, uh, I was like, well, Renee, we're going to uh, San Francisco. Would you like to come? She's like, yeah, sure. Let's go to San Francisco. So I remember clear as day. It's a wives trip. And the wives were sitting just over the visiting dugout. So you could see where they were sitting. And I kind of remember making eye contact, partially because when I was running into the game, it'll be right to my left. I mean, after the fans are yelling at me, uh, I'm coming in. And I'm coming in with a couple guys on, if I remember. I feel like I was throwing in like the seventh inning or something. I come in and Barry's coming out to – now I'm gonna, he's it's gonna get Dr. Dre. Dre. Da, 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 da. That's it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so that is 
that is pumping. And I'm like, even I'm like this, like, oh my God, that's loud. And he's just got that swag strut walking up and he's got his feelers on, I think. He's rocking these shoes. And, I, and I'm, I, I go and I get to the mat, I get the ball and I peek over and I see the couple guys on base and then I, I kind of try to center myself. Bobby Estelea comes out, the catcher. And chest, we called him Chestelea. Chestelea. He, he, wear, I mean, he, he was, wears a shirt. <laughs> oh, God. Unbelievable physique. And so he'd come out and he's like, hey, Poppy, stay with me. He goes, it's Barry. I don't care about this guy. We're going to get him out. He doesn't like slow stuff, okay? So stay with me. Don't <laughs> shake me off. Do not shake me off. I'm like, hey, you're the captain of this ship. I'm with you. Let's roll. <laughs> so I go, Barry, I'm expecting after the whole swag and everything, like he would take his time. He gets right into the box and he's standing right on home plate and he's got the waggle going. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of like, what is, what are we doing here? Like, step out, let the crowd go nuts and then come in. He's in there. First pitch, strike. Which again, I'm like, just don't bounce it, don't bounce it, throw a strike. First pitch, down and away fastball. I kept, I get the ball back from Chestalea and I look down. I'm like going for my sign and I look down for a second thinking he's doing the normal hitter, step out, do the, no, the dude is just in the box, still just doing this. Like, so, I, you know, it's just a little bit of performance. Uh, I thought it was like, all right, well, maybe he just didn't like my fastball or doesn't respect me whatsoever. Either way, I know he doesn't. So he's in there. He's Too just, slow. Yeah, now I'm thoroughly intimidated. <laughs> so next pitch, ball. I think I throw a ball. I'm like, oh, boy. And I'm trying to, like, gas up. I think at that time I was actually throwing relatively hard. So it was probably like 89, 90, somewhere there. <laughs> and uh, he just – he's, like, just one of these takes it and stays right back in that box. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> this guy's intimidating me. It's counting. It works. And then Chestalea makes eye contact with me. And, again, he goes, like, like kind of like this, stay with me. And we go slider, dry, fouls it off, I think. Then I try to sneak a piece of cheese by the rat, fastball up and in, fouls it off. All right, well, back to another slider, strike him out. Strikeout swinging. He starts walking back to end the inning. I remember this because he ends the inning. Ooh. And I look, and I'm kind of like, am I supposed to stare at him? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just struck out Barry Bonds. Like, what? I don't know how I'm supposed to react. So I just, I kind of, I kind of watch him go out of the corner of my eye because I don't want him to turn and like stare at me. I just walk my way back to the dugout and then, you know, all the guys give me high fives. They're all pumped up for me to get him out. And then uh, Clint Hurdle, the manager is like, Hey, hell, heck of a job, blah, blah. You know, he does all that. And he's like, by the way, you're going back out. <laughs> I was a nervous wreck. I was like, my energy level went, went I was up here to like, finally I got him out and I had to turn it right back. <laughs> I was super freaked so out. So you said, man. You ran off the mound the first time, but when you strike out Barry Bonds, she slowed that down a little bit. I definitely sauntered off. Nice yeah, saunter. I walked. I walked with a peak, and and I had to walk so I didn't trip over anything. You know, I wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. Like I don't want to show this dude up. I don't want to do anything. And sure enough, like I had I had some good at bats with him, so it worked out in my favor. But he never took me deep, and I'll always tell him that he never took me deep. Bobby, you are one of the probably a few pitchers in all of Major League Baseball that can stay claim to that. So exactly. Uh, so I'm going to ride it. Small, small <laughs> table here. All right. Segue though. Barry's a lefty, and lefties only hit 202 against you, Mr. Lopez. 
That's it. What do you think you had? They only hit 202. I'll Barely above the Mendoza line. Barely above the Mendoza line. That's got to be worth one Hall of Fame vote. I, you got mine. I think we applied and, and we got half a vote each, so you, you can have half Perfect. A uh, why do you think you had so much success there? Is it just, was it the pitch makeup, sliders low and away? Did you have something you know you could go to against lefties that generally worked in terms of a recipe? I think, well, the arm angle helped right out of, the, right out of bed. That arm angle, the deception was great for me. I didn't have any pitches, really. I developed those in the big leagues as I went. I threw... I was a traditional over-the-top guy when I got drafted. I was a high three-quarter release guy, and I had a fastball. I had a four-seam, two-seam changeup, and a curveball. So I just used those grips and tried to manipulate them the best I could on the side. So it was always a work in progress. And when I first started out, I didn't have the greatest success against left-handed pitchers or batters because I never threw inside. I didn't know how to control it, to command it. But I had a great changeup. So actually, I got righties out more than I did lefties. And my best pitch was my changeup. But I never wanted to throw that to a lefty because they'd always tell you down and into a lefties, the nitro zone and blah, blah, blah. And finally, I had a pitching coach tell me, like, dude, throw the ball inside. If you, if you sink it and it's a ball, no big deal. At least you've shown them that you can throw something in to protect your off-speed stuff away. And once I finally started to do that, uh, that opened up the outside corner. I didn't even have to execute all that well, but their legs were out of the swing a lot of the times. And as a ground ball pitcher, even if I gave up a hit most of the time, I mean, I gave up plenty of homers to lefties, but uh, if I got you to take your legs out of the swing, I'm facing primarily power hitters uh, when they're left-handed. And if I make you slap a ball into right field or center field or left field, it's a win for me as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's a base yeah. hit, but you know, I like my chances of, me getting three outs before the team would get three straight hits. And I think yeah. that's kind of what happened. Once I was able to open up that inside corner, just made everything else play really well. Into the segment of our show. I'd like to you to. Uh oh, we're cutting hey, out. You, you have an audio video? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, well, now I can. Okay. Now we can't. No. Now so you're cutting whatever out. You're, whatever you're doing, Kaywin. Oh, boy. I think what we're getting at is we generally do some screen sharing. We want you okay. to basically be the voiceovers for some big moments in your career. Okay. If we can get it going. Okay. Kaywin is um, it, it doesn't the equivalent look like we can of get my it father. Going. What I wanted to, to show so. was Brian Wilson, 2010 Rangers. He's closing out. Yeah. He gets Josh Hamilton out, Nelson yeah. Cruz. Uh, and then I think your former teammate, or or no, Renteria, I'm sorry, gets the ground ball and throws it out. Can you talk a little bit about 2010 and that World Series? Oh, man, 2010, I tell you what, it's uh, it was the right place at the right time for a lot of us. I got traded over from Pittsburgh. I didn't. Again, meet new people. I'd never played with anybody on the Giants, except for Jonathan Sanchez in the World Baseball Classic. I hadn't played with anybody. And the crowd was incredible. I think we just, it was the perfect place. Cody Ross uh, finally got a chance to play. And it was after Jose Guillen, you know, had his situation. But uh, Aubrey Huff I'd played against, Pat Burrow played against, but finally got to be with these guys, hang out with these guys. And it was just 
great young starting pitching, great bullpen, and the offense knew that they just had to score a couple runs. They just young Timmy Linscombe, a couple Cy Youngs already in the back pocket, Matt Cain throwing his tail off, Bumgarner I think is 16 at the time, like he's already pitching and he's awesome. I mean, we had some great starting pitching. Jonathan Sanchez had a great year that year. Uh, you know, he won the clincher in San Diego uh, against San Diego at home. So uh, Brian Wilson was like the perfect. I've been around some good closers, but he was just like the perfect guy to do that job. Like he's just nutty enough and odd <laughs> enough that you know that he's going to get the job done. You know what I mean? Like he's not overly concerned about the entire game. He's not he's casually watching, casually watching, having good combos. We love to stir the pot and see where conversations go. And come that ninth inning, dude, he just turned into an animal. And it was awesome to watch. But he never gave in. And I think that's kind of one of the things that I love watching that dude is that if he knew he didn't have a good matchup, he'll walk you. He didn't care. He's like, I'm going to throw you a cutter away. And if you swing at it, great. If you don't, I know the guy on deck will. And it often worked out like that. That's how good he was going. And it was Awesome to see Renteria do everything he did. He had a torn rotator cuff, and he's playing and hitting homers, making plays at shortstop. I mean, what? that's a night I will never forget. That was awesome. I mean, we quieted that place, and Arlington packed it out. They had 50-something thousand people there. He could hear a pin drop, and it was awesome to be a part of that. All right. Are you able to see my screen, Javi? I do see yes, yes, yes. Okay, I always love to look at the the fans. Oh, when, huge when fan of this. about videos. Yeah, because no you look at in the, in the upper left. I don't know, maybe you're right. You got a panda hat. You oh yeah, another panda hat in the lower left. You got guys with, uh, you know, that that sometimes purchase their hat <laughs> right outside the stadium. They're not really, you know, MLB New Era. Yeah. No. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But this is NLCS Game Five. Walk it off. Uh, if we want to play back, Michael Walker's on, young Michael Walker, it looks like. But we'll just play this through, and maybe you do a little voiceover on what was going through your head during this game. Because this is St. Louis. this moment. Oh, yeah, because I'm warming up. It's the As you can see, it's a tie score. I'm down in the bullpen. I'm warming up. It's 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 not 3-3. Uh, three, three. They got their lefties coming up. So I'm down there, and it's so hard to warm up when you have the crowd selling out the way we sold out that place super loud it's like every pitch i'm throwing i'm peeking into the game like what's going on what's happening hunter pence has a great at bat here but panda i mean he kind of set everything off bum relaxing look at, bum. Too. Yeah. look at that hair look at buster he's look got at good his flat. high sideburns that is Jeez. that is Gillette, yeah. commercial i was gonna say that is johnny b that was the team shoe or uh, hair goo that we had going that's why it's all shiny and and pretty, and it never moved. It was called Johnny B. It's what Crawford uses. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, Panda's got a uh, Copenhagen long cut in his lip, as always. Definitely. Hey, pitch I mean, pitch you runner relax. comes in. Yeah, pitch runner comes in. So, fly out to right. We got one out. 3-0 count here. Yeah, Sparky. Shocker, he gets the three ball counts. I mean, Belt's just good at this. That's what he does. He gets the three ball count. So, each works this count. 2-0, yep. Those, that 3-0 count to Belt was nowhere close. Cool. So we were like, oh, it's 2-0 count. He's going to take hammer time. Oh. Off the top of Levi. <laughs> so this is the best is that, bless him, Jake Peavy, he's over here to my, my, my side. Jake Peavy's blind as a bat. He cannot see. 
he thinks that ball he doesn't even know where that ball is and he's out on the field ishikawa shoved there i am jumping 49 with my glove on because i ran down from the bullpen he's hugging him and ishikawa's like get out of my way it's a homer i gotta get the rock you know he's all pissed it's so great and boach i mean boach oh. just Boach I didn't know who it was when I saw this clip. Well, I didn't know that Boach was Petey. Had to rip out his own out shoe. I love it. It was Petey. Yeah, Petey and uh, I think Machi, Gene Machi, was the other one that was out there. But it's so great. Like, if we rewound that, you see you see Ishikawa just straight shove him. Like, this is my moment. <laughs> Get out of the way. And, and oh. Bland is going nuts. Bland, I mean, it's just great people. And and I love it watching the Giants this year. Of course, a little biased. You're going to root for the team you last played for. But I, this team's better. This team is just better. And they have great storylines every night. And that's what I liked about Perfect 2010. Segue. It's like different, pe- different people every night. And I love watching. 2010, we did it. And 2021, these guys, every night, somebody's stepping up, doing something big. It's cool. Javi, what are the, it, it is a, what are the odds that, the Giants actually win the title in an odd year. Well, <laughs> I mean, I you won it every like, even year. I, is yeah. That, does that play a part? I mean, you, you got to break I, that streak. So you got to break the but streaks you, you, are meant to be broken. You, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned this this season squad, so let's segue to there. Um, just can't clinch the playoff spot. You're right. What's the biggest improvement from last year to this year that you've seen on this Giants team? I think what you see more now is uh, the plans that were put into place last year offensively where it's a little more um, streamlined as far as how they're going to attack an opposing hitter or pitcher and the ability to see the power progress throughout the entire lineup and throughout the entire year. Last year, 60 games, it's so hard to to really get a good feel, especially they, they wound it up in spring training, backed it off, tried to have a quicker spring training, start the season. So they were having to go through all their data analysis and how they were going to attack a team. And I feel like this year, I feel like everyone's been given a great game plan and they're able just to trust in that and execute the swings that they have. And that's why you're not seeing power from two guys, three guys. But throughout the entire lineup, guys are hitting tanks. I mean, they're big homers. They're not wall scrapers. Uh, Darren Ruff is having a, a career year. And this guy, that was he was out of the country, and now he's back, and he been, he's doing the Tom Brady, taking full advantage of an opportunity and not relinquishing it. And now they're he's forced his way into the lineup, and I think that's what I love about everybody here is that when you see guys warm up in the bullpen, and let's say you know let's say like Big Ben, like you're going in if we're up, and then and K when you're in uh, if it's if it's a blowout, and you'll be like okay, you don't care, you know. A lot of guys would be like, man, that's a bunch of crap. Like, I want to get those innings. I want to do this. You don't see that. You don't see that body language. Same thing with the position players. You just, hey, you know, we're going to – I don't like the way uh, – Ben, I don't like the way you hit against this guy. Okay, win, let's go. You got this. And you'll be like, all right. And you'll just pat him on the back. Like, those things, when you can get complete buy-in, that's when you see all these wins. And that's what you're seeing out of these guys. And that's what I love watching. It's the coaching staff down, the communication level. Plus, you have some salty guys now. It's kind of hard for me to say that <laughs> since I saw them when they were in diapers to see these guys doing it. But Buster and, and, and Crawford and Belt, I mean, these guys have been through it. Even Longoria, I mean, he's been, he's been at it since a, he was a young pup, too, with the Rays. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. And 
it's fun to watch the way they all kind of interact and they all pull for each other. And the one thing I really like watching is that they're never out of a ball game. It doesn't matter what the yeah. score is. A lot of times as a fan, I'll be like, ah, forget, I'll turn it off. They're going to lose. And then I'll check the box score and they win 6-5. You know, it's like, what happened? And I feel like an idiot because I missed it. Farhan's big on data and Sabre metrics. You know, what do you see as potential advantages of using Sabre metrics now um, versus like when you played? Or, you know, I guess ask differently, like how is a team using it? Like I'm not trying to give away any giant secrets, but no, like, sure. what are some of the things that like an average fan wouldn't understand? Like, oh, the Giants are using data to do this or to look at this situation. Well, I think a lot of things that you see offensively speaking would be uh, the pitch plan of, let's say, Clayton Kershaw. We'll use him for example, that he's going to go fastballs in on the hands, big curveball off of that. If the, They're going to basically tell him, if you see the curveball high, you're going to want to take a rip at it. If you see something coming right out of his hand flat, middle, it's going to dive out of the zone, take it. And they kind of go through those reps. Plus, they have all this uh, virtual reality stuff. Like, you can get in there and take your at-bats without actually having to watch the guy. I mean, actually take them. You know, so it's kind of cool the way technology has kind of just exploded. But they'll go through all his sequencing and say 75% of the time he's going to throw a fastball middle, middle in with a runner on first base. You know, as a betting guy, you'd rather have 75% chance of doing something than the 25% chance of, hey, I got this on my own. So that's what I'm talking about, where you get the buy-in from these guys, that they know what they're going to be seeing from a guy. And I think any little uh, advantage, like I, when I talk about, when people ask me about analytics and sabermetrics and how these guys use it, all the teams use it. It's not a surprise. It's been at it for a while. But where are you going to win? You're going to win at the margins. You always win at the margins, and you have to pick the right pieces. And, and Kapler, to his credit, I mean, I've had him as a teammate twice in my career. He's thinking. He's always thinking. And every time it seems like he's pushing the right button and making the right move, whether it's a pinch hit here, a pinch runner here, a pitcher to come in and face these guys that you would kind of be like, really, you're going to bring in Jose Alvarez to face all these right-handers? And then next thing you know, he just carves them up with a nice change up and fastballs up. And you're like, oh, nice job. You know, I knew that. I knew it was going to work out. You know, you got to win at the margins. And I think that's, that's what separates. And and the way to do that, and kind of like you mentioned, Kaywin, where you're talking about how Farhan likes to run it, he challenges all the guys in the minor leagues. He goes, hey, you're hot in double-A. That doesn't mean you got to go to triple-A and get hot. We could take, we'll pluck you. If you're ready, it's yeah. go time. And same thing with guys in triple-A that are free agent signs. He's, you know, like a Scott Casme, for example. Like, hey, dude, we need an arm. You're pitching great. Well, come on board. You're next. Like, you you're incentivizing guys that shouldn't really need to be incentivized, but it's nice to have somebody be like, Hey, we're always watching. We're always looking for somebody that's going to help a 25 man, 26 man club. And if you're that guy, you're coming and it's no hard feelings. When you be, when you get sent out, you got to understand we're going to play the part to win a game today. And that's, and that is what I love. Like nobody's getting really upset about it. And I haven't seen maybe one or two guys have been a little upset because their numbers might say that they should be up in the big leagues, but it, they're not really passing the eye test, so to speak. Like, you know, hard outs or whatever it might be, or soft outs if you're a hitter. Um, but that's what I like to see. Those guys are getting challenged, and they're stepping up to that to that challenge. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of fans come back in, too. I mean, you're seeing guys, they could pull for a guy 
knowing that that he's going to help the club. And and I swear, I just love watching him. I really do. All right, let's talk about a, a big acquisition that increases those margins uh, quite a bit. Former Rookie of the Year, former MVP, Chris Bryant signed with the Giants. Trade deadline. Just looking at his stats, he's hitting about 20 points better than he was out in Wrigley. Um, you know, his walks are down a bit on a per at bat basis or up a bit, excuse me, strikeouts down a bit. What do you think mm -hmm. he's brought to the club in terms of either leadership or understanding how to win that, you know, he won a World Series with the Cubs? You know, a I lot of these guys that you mentioned haven't haven't been there, right? They've been close. But what what do you think he gives them come playoff time? Well, I do think he his personality not knowing him at all, it fits in perfectly with Brandon Crawford. It really does. I feel like they're they're the same person in a sense of calmness, confident but calm. Energy level seems to be about the same. You're going to get a professional at bat out of the guy because he's he's been brought up in that analytical world with Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and the guys that came from Boston uh, to to Chicago to to do that. So he understands what's going on. I think what it brings to you is another guy that when I thought they were trading for him, I honestly thought they were just going to put him in, in the two spot and line up the rest of the lineup the way they wanted to go. I thought he was going to be a constant in one spot in the lineup, but get Kapler's moved him around and he hasn't, it hasn't frazzled him, which is nice to see. Like granted the at-bats aren't uh, tremendous all the time, but he's admitted that like, he's just like, Hey, I'm still getting a feel for the NL West. I mean, he's been in the central for so long. He's trying to get a grasp of what's going on. But I think what you get out of the guy is a guy that's going to compete. He could play a lot of places in the in the diamond, which gives you flexibility. Because, again, when you're trying to win at the margins, you're trying to get those platoon advantages. He offers you that. He gives you that. And the power that he brings has always been something that he's had. And I think that's yet another guy that's a, bad, a, a power threat. When you get into the postseason, when you get into these last two weeks, you need, you need a, a guy – that can pick up a walk, like say they don't want to pitch the Brandon Belt, so they put him on. But the last couple of years, they'd be walking Brandon Belt to face, you know, somebody from AAA or some call up. Now you don't have that now. Now you got a guy that's all right. You walk a 25 home run guy, you bring it up another 25 home run guy. Now you got guys that can cover each other's uh, tail, which I think is really impressive when you watch what Bryant can do and the rest of this lineup. But I do like his leadership. I like his calmness. I like that he's able to uh, communicate really quickly and and pretty effortlessly with the with an infielder, which is kind of hard to do. Like those guys are always a family; they're a tight unit. Outfielders are usually a tight group, but he's able to meld all that. And this is just watching. I haven't talked to him not one minute, but I just feel like when I see him out on the field, I, I sense his confidence, and I think that's what you want on a guy in the lineup like that—that that veteran presence. So we got Chris Bryant. Everyone knows Posey and Belt and Crawford and Longoria. If we move to the pitchers, who's an unsung hero? Who's the Darren Ruff uh, of the yeah. pitching staff, uh, whether it's a starter um, or a reliever, in your opinion? Well, I again, I, I'll lean on the reliever side, and uh, Jose Alvarez is the guy for me. Uh, I thought when he was a late sign in spring and – Watching him when I was broadcasting, watching him in Philly, watching the four pitch mix that he had, and he had the they always talk about tunneling, making sure you're throwing the pitch out of the same spot, all four pitches, and he can do that. Uh, I really thought that he would be a great addition, and I didn't know he'd be this great uh, as far as 
just the consistency that he's been able to show. But I think that's a great one. I, I think finally, <laughs> for me, it's just because I've been in the locker room and hear, heard those discussions about Tyler Rogers, why he can't, why he can't, why he shouldn't, because blah, this, this, and this. And for him to finally get that opportunity and get those high leverage situations um, and prove his worth, because I don't know if you've ever looked at his minor league stats, but the dude had like a two ERA in, in the PCL, which is you have a two ERA not, for not for an inning, you're excited. Like you, you yeah. never do <laughs> yeah. that as a pitcher. And he, and he did that through a lot of games. And he finally got his chance. And again, another guy that's done the Tom Brady, like I'm, I'm taking my chance and I'm going to, I'm going to prove, and he's done that. And I think that's those two guys for me have really stabilized everything in the bullpen. Now, there's other great guys. I don't want to leave anybody out, but for me, those are the two guys one left hander, one right hander that I can call on at any point in time to get me an out, and they'll do it. I think that's, that's a great thing to watch. And on the starting side, uh, you know, Gosman threw the ball great last year. He's taken the next step. But uh, the guy that kind of jumps out is me that to me that really, has been really impressive as Logan Webb. Um, you know, the veteran guys, disclafani has been throwing his tail off. Like these guys are, they're trying to one up each other. And that's, that's when you want, that's what you want out of a starting staff. You guys want to compete against each other, but Logan Webb, I mean, he's been the best pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I'd say if it wasn't for Max Scherzer doing what he's doing right now, I mean, yeah. I would say Logan Webb's the best pitcher right now in, in the NL, but you know, Max, I'll give it to Max for now, but Logan for, for, finally getting a full year at this level and to do what he's doing. Uh, it's really impressive. And I've talked to Buster about it and he said, he's one of the favorite, his favorite guys to catch just because of what he can do with a baseball. And there, that's without all that cheating stuff is out. You're seeing that that yeah. is natural movement, which is incredible. So Javi, you, we almost made it through the entire podcast. It wasn't a direct reference to the Dodgers, but you did bring up, uh, sure. They're I still so, think he's a national. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Giants are on pace to win 106 games this year, which would make it the second most in, say, modern day baseball, just behind my M's who accomplished 106. I knew that was coming. Or win hey, there you go. In 2001, I, like I had I had to get a plug in there. So let's said the NL is stacked as it stands today. You had the Bra Brewers at clinch. You got the Braves leading the East, I believe, and then. You know, probably some might argue the three best teams in the National League, all in that same division in the West. And Padres, as we saw, Machado and teams in a little bit of disarray right now, trying to figure out how they're going to get to the playoffs. But right. that said, such a tough, I mean, do you see it coming down to L.A. and San Fran again, or this year? And what do the Giants have to do to keep it going in the playoffs, uh, potentially get to that World Series? Get one of those trophies behind you. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'd like to do that. I mean, uh, I'd like to see it happen. I, I think, uh, I think it will come down. This will be a fun. What is it? Ten days now? Eleven days of games? Uh, it's. You'd like to get some separation. What's crazy is they went on that win streak. They gained one game, then yeah. they gave it back. You know, it's like. It's weird to watch that. It really is. I mean, these teams, I've never been on a team that ever, I think the most we won was 94, maybe. I don't even know if that's right. I'd have to fact check myself. But these two teams are going to be over 100 wins, and they're getting at it. It's, I, I love the Brewers. I love the Brewers for their pitching. I think it's awesome what they can do. 
but um, the Dodgers, just the track record's there for me, and I feel like that is ultimately what will decide it. And it'll be fun to watch these two teams play in the playoffs. Personally, I think they've never met in the playoffs, if, I'm, if I remember that. So I'd say the, the, the scary team for me is the Brewers, but uh, I, I think the Brewers, Giants, and the Dodgers will be a fun, fun thing to watch. Personally, I think L.A. should – play in the wild card game and figure out, have them argue if it's like Scherzer or, or Bueller. Bueller was your NL Cy Young award winner, you know, two weeks ago or whatever, yeah. a month ago. So I'd like to see those guys start bickering like Machado and Tatis. <laughs> Love it. All right, Javi, um, we're going to wrap up here in about five minutes. We've got what we call the West Coast Swing, uh, real rapid fire questions, no right or wrong answers. It's what you feel. Um, this West Coast edition, it's going to be called Teammates. So we're going okay. to ask some questions about some of your former teammates. All Giants here because we're West Coast pod. Perfect. How would you describe Hunter Pence in one word? Caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You had to drive across country in a two-seater Mini Cooper BMW with only 88 Baker's bars, bananas, and a Wilson Phillips CD. Who are you doing it? Sure. Tim Lincecum, Lins- uh, Tim- Matt Cain, or Brian Wilson? Uh, oof. I think I'm going with Wilson. High energy guy. Timmy, Timmy's a sleepy, sleep, he's a sleeper. He's a chill guy. I don't know if I don't, I don't want that if I got to be in a car for 2,000 miles. So I'm going, I'm going Wilson on that one. All right. So if you have to pick an actor, to be and play Buster Posey in a Netflix documentary on Buster Posey, who is that actor going to be? Oof. Now I got to dig into the actors. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, I think, would make Ooh. a great Buster Posey. I do. I think he'd make a great one. He could play, he could do, that, that, he could do I comedy. Could that. He could do That's comedy, he could Ted, do serious. Ted, Ted, Lasso. Ted Lasso? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on I'm in. in. I'm in, Hoppy. That's a great... You should become his agent and just cast him for that part right away. Um, all right, next one. Any superstitions on any team with any teammates that you envied? Uh, oh, so not my own. Okay. No, not I would, your own. I would, I would go with uh, Julian Tavares when he started. Snake oil on the arm, flex sole on the face. It was like I was living in uh, Major League. It's like I was living in Major League. He had every concoction possible was on his body somewhere. He didn't want to hug him. Like, it was at that point. We were kind of like, hey, good job, dude. Fist bump. You know, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Julian Tavares, for sure. Okay. All right. Um, So, Javi, we're on No Filter Network. It's this new platform um, to help podcasters and just creatives figure out a way to monetize their, um, their content. And um, the founder, or one of the founders, is Eric Burns of the Oakland A's. So where I'm going with this, you're playing in a golf foursome. It's you and three other former Giants against the Oakland A's in a battle royale of golf. Oof. Who are the three other golf teammates you're picking on Giant on the Giants? Okay, I will go with uh, Ryan Vogelsong because he's gotten real good in, in retirement. Matt Kane and Cody Ross with my alternate being Pat Burrell in case somebody pulls the hand. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. All right. 
Kaywin, why don't you pose the question that we always ask all of our guests? Well, I do, I, I have to share this tab because you've talked about your walk-off, Avi, and I, mm -hmm. I got to show this GIF because it is beyond phenomenal. Our, my, our intern just sent us this link. And I said, uh, my God, this is an amazing. So this, this was a poll from, it looks like a, a fan. But as you retired, there was a lot of stuff shared on social media. And this is a gift. This is an official gift. This might become an NFT here soon. The Javi Lopez walk-off. Look at this. Just be, That was like the equivalent of walking, like after you hit a putt, just walking it in. Like, it didn't even look like he swung. You were walking off before he swung. Is, is uh, that Kevin you gave Barry, too? Yeah. Is that the little side-eye you gave Barry that yeah, you just gave Gonzo? Somebody did that, too. Oh, epic. okay. That did. Yeah, that's it. Somebody did this uh, a, a montage kind of video that had it to staying alive, and they timed it perfectly. So every time I took my step, I was right in sync with the Bee Gees. It was hilarious. All right, Javi. Uh, this is the last question. It's it's a loaded question. It's it's a two part question, so you gotta you gotta stick with me as I describe the question. Uh oh. This person has to be in your phone, in your cell phone, because Big Ben and K Win. This is a okay. referral system. This is how we get these great guests. Who would you like to see on our show next, <laughs> talking about their MLB first? And who can you help us get? <laughs> Uh, okay. And, and before you answer, uh, this is how we got you. Kevin Franzen nominated you. This is the gift that keeps so, on giving. Oh, Javi, you don't have to disclose it Pick with a us, pickle. but just you, you, uh, you can you can offline us. You can take it over. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you want us, and then you can even even bring on someone where you want maybe some intel out of them and feed us questions that you actually want to get out of them. So there's, <laughs> you know, some sort of ulterior motive that you could carry out here too. So think about okay. that. Okay. I can do that. Hey, you were, All right. I can do that. Bobby, you were great. You were great. Yes. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming on. on. Thanks guys. Thank ton you. Of fun. Enjoy the rest Thank of your you night. Much. Go Giants. Let's, let's win it in an odd year. Huh? Believe it. All right. Thanks, Avi. We had a great <laughs> Why not? Let's get one of these little things up here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Exactly. That's all right. All right. Take care. The Tiffany one, right? The Tiffany one. See you, Avi. See you all. That, that's absolutely. You know it.